Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We're brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I am your host, Cheryl Todd, and we are here today with Miss Sydney Powell. Now, Sydney Powell is nationally known former federal prosecutor, lead counsel in more than 500 federal appeals, and she is the author of the best-selling nonfiction book, Licensed to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. And as you can see, I have my very own copy of Licensed to Lie. And uh, welcome. Uh, Thanks so much. It's always great to be with you. Well, absolutely. Now, we were just chatting a little bit off air. Your book, License to Lie, really kind of takes us through the whole uh, Enron, Arthur Anderson uh, meltdown that happened a few years ago, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and then you, your book came out in what year? It came, out, it came out in 2014 because it took me six years to uncover evidence the government has hidden. Unless you read this book, all the information you have is based on information the government wanted you to know, believing that everybody they indicted and came across was guilty, when in truth and in fact, the Enron Task Force, in cases they actually took to trial, was reversed in whole or in part by the Fifth Circuit or the Supreme Court in every case. And for a book that is about events that happened almost a decade ago, right? Yes, yes. It came out like three years ago in 2014. The stuff that you're writing about in your book and the people, the real life people that you write about in your book are becoming more and more relevant in our lives rather than, oh, that was old news. That was a decade ago. And so kind of tell us what I'm talking about here. What, what characters are we talking about? We're talking about uh, President Obama's longest serving White House counsel. We're talking about his deputy director and general counsel of the FBI for Robert Mueller, who is now the special prosecutor in the, quote, Russia collusion investigation, end quote, where there's no evidence of any sort of collusion at all. And we're talking about any number of high level officials in the Department of Justice and in the White House during the past eight years two of the members of the Enron task force or who worked on those cases are now part of what I call Mueller's hit squad. And so when we say that it's becoming more and more relevant to the effect that uh, Newt Gingrich has been mentioning your book multiple times because there's so much of what happened then that relates to what's happening now Exactly. This book is the only true backstory on how this sort of special prosecution team works. And it's the full backstory on Andrew Weissman, who's Mueller's right hand in this whole prosecution. And it shows how they deliberately made up crimes. They made up, uh, quote, evidence, end quote. They hid evidence that showed people were innocent. They committed all manner and means of what's called prosecutorial misconduct against any number of the defendants in the cases I talk about in the book. 
And that's what everyone being investigated by them right now is facing, the full might and weight of the federal government in the hands of people who are willing to do anything to facilitate their own personal or political agenda. It's terrifying. I mean, one person who read the book wrote a five-star review on Amazon, and by the way, it has uh, hundreds of five-star reviews or over 100 five-star reviews and is rated five stars on Amazon. He wrote it's the second scariest book he ever read because it is true and it names names, the first one being The Exorcist. Absolutely. So let me, I'm going to switch our screen around a little bit here because I want to um, bring up the video that uh, Newt Gingrich is talking every about right your book. to be very, very upset. I think that uh, from his perspective, and that happens to be my perspective also, the Justice Department has elements of it that are out of control, that are corrupt, uh, that are very left-wing. I, I recommend to everybody um, uh, Sidney Powell's book, License to Lie, which is probably the best study of the depth of corruption at the Justice Department. And so there's others, of course, that we could uh, keep playing here, but time doesn't give us that opportunity. So I'm just going to close that right now. Right. Yes. He recommended it on Bill Hemmer's show on Fox News. He's recommended it on Fox and Friends. He recommended it on Hannity, uh, live TV and Hannity's radio show the other day. Uh, the book has been number one in judicial branch ahead of Justice Ginsburg's book and ahead of Justice Scalia's book and any number of others, obviously all others actually. <laughs> and it's been number one in law and ethics and number one in true crime. Now this Everybody. isn't your pal, like this isn't your buddy, your friend. No, I've never, I've never met him. Right, so he's not like, hey, buy my friend Sydney's book. He's saying, listen people, there's, there's information in here that has been researched and brought out that gives you reason to maybe take a breath, maybe take a pause before you start having big opinions about things like maybe Paul Manafort. Um, exactly. Who we just learned, um, the, the headline here I have is FBI raids, former Trump campaign chair's home these is notes and documents. So of course that makes us all go, oh, there must be a there there, right? There, right? There's smoke rising, so clearly there's a fire. And you've written this entire, this is a, a thick novel. This is a lot of information to tell us, you know what, the people that are driving this, oh, maybe they yes. need to be looked at a little deeper. They need to be looked at very carefully. These are guerrilla tactics, and for them to be making a pre-dawn raid on Paul Manafort's home at the time they completely ignore Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails that were deliberately destroyed is such a double standard and so offensive, it's beyond the pale. I mean, can you imagine the terror of whoever was in Mr. Manafort's home at the time? I don't know whether he has children that were at home getting ready for school, but before daylight, the FBI kicks in the door to your house to raid for documents and computers and whatever else they think they want to find. When, by the way, he had been cooperating with the investigation and producing documents. 
but we can't get the same sort of investigation against the Fast and Furious scandal or the IRS targeting of uh, political opposition of, the, of President Obama or Hillary Clinton's destruction of emails. I mean, there's scandal after scandal in the Obama administration that everybody turned a blind eye to. And, and now with no even reasonable basis for thinking there's anything wrong with the Russia connection to the Trump campaign, they're doing things like this. It's classic guerrilla warfare tactics in a politically driven effort to sabotage the Trump administration and their determination to find a crime to pin on Mr. Manafort so they can then exert pressure on the president. There's a speech given by the former attorney general back on April 1, 1940, I think it was, later Supreme Court Justice Robert H. Jackson gave this amazing speech that's practically enshrined in the halls of the Department of Justice about the role of a special prosecutor and a federal prosecutor and how they are to seek justice. And he talks at length about how, given the plethora of federal crimes that are out there, one can find a crime to pin on anybody. And of course, Harvey Silvergate uh, wrote the book, Three Felonies a Day, that I would commend to everyone's reading, explaining how the average law-abiding American citizen probably commits three felonies going about their business every day. So if somebody's determined, if somebody in the federal government is determined to get you, they can drum up something to pin against you. But that's not what the law is supposed to be about, and that's not what a federal prosecutor is supposed to be about. Well... Just to sort of punctuate all that you said, uh, I heard a, a radio host talking about, you know, wow, the fact that they went in there at dawn and kicked in, you know, like the drama of it tells you that they think that he's, uh, uh, Paul Manafort is not going to be forthcoming with the things that they want to see. And my head is just screaming with, okay, wait a minute. What about, you know, the other Demo the other party out there, the Democratic Party, where there's all these stories that we have no reason to question about, you know, smashing laptops and, you know, bleeding. Oh, the whole Debbie Washerman Schultz thing and the IT people that she's paying people in Pakistan who stole government information. It's incomprehensible to the average American citizen. This is why Trump was sent to Washington to stop this kind of crap. Well, and they're trying to stop him, apparently, by hook or by crook, is what it feels like sitting on this side of the TV screen and watching the way that the words are used and the stories are crafted. And, and all the while, they're making mountains out of molehills. Uh, that's what it appears to me personally. Mountains out of molehills uh, for anything related to Trump. Meanwhile, we've got mountains <laughs> things going on with the DNC and Debbie Washerman Schultz and, and Hillary's camp and all of that. And they're, they're just trying to, you know, minimize, oh, that's old news or that's already been handled or that's already been, you know, on and on. And I'm thinking, you know, somebody put on Twitter or something the other day that uh, the biggest mistake that Trump's made so far is to show grace to uh, the Clintons. And when he came into office and he said, we're not going to, we're not going to go there. We're not going to prosecute her. And, uh, instead, 
you know, he, and in his campaign, he had said, you know, I would love to have a, a special prosecutor look into Hillary's situation. So instead, here we are, he is president, and where's the special prosecutor looking? Into him. Exactly. Every right to lean into uh, taking a closer look, I think. What do you think? You're, you're a lawyer? Well, I published an article a couple of years ago at Observer.com, the New York Observer, called The Countless Crimes of Hillary Clinton. And so, yes, I mean, I called for a special prosecutor to be appointed at least two years ago to investigate that situation, uh, not to mention multiple others. And I also called for the impeachment of Loretta Lynch and James Comey as soon as the whole thing came out about their whitewash of what she had done. So I knew trouble was brewing there. And, you know, something like that should have happened, too. And now we're getting information that she was talking about the tarmac meeting using an alias, a name under an email. And, I mean, it's just bizarre. It's just unbelievable. You couldn't make this stuff up. You really could. It's house cards all over again. It is. And it's like, you know, even though we have given the, the GOP... I'm a GOP voter, so I can say we have given, um, you know, all, all the branches are now under the, the GOP, and yet we're still completely powerless. We're held, you know, in this, this defensive posture because of why? Like, wh how does this happen? Why well, are we so... Yeah. Part of it's because the entirety of Congress, or almost the entirety of Congress, are members of the swamp. I mean, they are so self-protective and self-institutionalized. Look how long so many of them have been there. I mean, I think one of the things we need is a term limit on, on congressmen and senators that allows them to serve no more than 15 years. In fact, I really think the longer I look at this, no one should draw a government paycheck more than 15 years with the possible exception of the military. But it seems to pay so well. <laughs> Who would yeah, like, like going from dead broke to worth 100 million each if your last name is Clinton. Yes. It's yeah. really amazing. Or President Obama's $70 million book deal or whatever it was unbelievable it it really is something that should probably raise a few more eyebrows than it does and open a few more eyes than it seems to but uh you know term limits i think are, are definitely good but i also think that that's that all by itself of course is not enough we have just such a, such a napping populace we're just all so you know sleepy all the time and not focused and not paying attention. And, you know, we'll run out and, and go to a, a, a make-believe movie about stuff like you've written. And how many of us are really taking the time to read what has really happened and then caring enough to you know, make it part of our conversations with other people, make it part of the way that we vote. Um, because even if you have term limits, don't you think uh, Guy X or Lady X is going to just kind of situate so that whoever comes in after them is just, they're just going to have different mouth, same words. Right. We need to control the special interest access. We need to 
I think we need to vote out almost everybody who's there actually and start over with a group of people who do want to seriously drain the swamp. Well, and I, I know created to be a citizen government and we have gotten so far afield from that it makes no sense at all and, and that's how the corruption breeds too because all of the entrenchment in DC power wants to maintain power and that's not how we were supposed to to work we really have abdicated far too many of our of our rights away of our responsibilities away and you know I keep saying that's why people are so freaked out about whoever is sitting in the president's chair because we've, we've given away so much power where before that was, you know, more than a figurehead, but, but not someone that you would, you know, go smashing windows running down the street over because, you know, the power was held between the different branches and, you know, we would all be able to have some say over what goes on in our lives. But then, Somebody says, hey, we're going to implement this tax and make you buy health care. And we all go, hey, that's an awesome idea, right? And then when we get a chance to undo that unconstitutional, meaning it is not supported in any way, shape, or form by our Constitution, a bunch of us say, oh, but I kind of like the free stuff that I get. Or, I you know, it's like, we need to pull all this back. We need to roll this back, even learn what's in the Constitution, which takes all of 30 minutes to read, by the way, and then start to see, oh, that's what they mean when they say that's the Constitution. And there are other ways to deal with these problems that happen in life that don't automatically fall on the lap of the government, which is this huge, behemoth, this bureaucratic sloth of getting anything real accomplished right so um i just can't encourage people enough to check out your book uh i also want to point out you wrote a an article in newsbacks was that just last week were you saying talk to us about uh, that. it's probably it's probably been several weeks now I'm, I'm my the title read something like you know the addition of weissman to Mueller's task force destroys any credibility it might have ever had because I, he's the poster boy for prosecutorial misconduct. It took me six years to uncover it, but I actually found that the prosecutors in the Merrill Lynch and Ron Barge case that I talk about in License to Lie had actually yellow highlighted before the trial evidence that they knew was favorable to the defense, that they were constitutionally required to produce, and instead of producing it, they carefully crafted summaries that avoided the crucial language that was favorable to the defense, produced those short, like four line summaries that directly contradicted what the witnesses had actually said and never gave us access to that information. It was only accidentally discovered as we were getting ready for a retrial six years later. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing these task forces do. They drag it out forever. If they don't get a conviction the first time, they try again. If they don't get a conviction that time, they try again. Some people wound up pleading guilty after nine or 10 years of incessant litigation and stress on them and their ch children and families because they just couldn't take anymore after a second trial and heading for a third one. I mean, you can't begin to imagine the human toll it takes to be subject to a wrongful prosecution or the kind of treatment that Paul Manafort and his family just received on the morning of July 26th. 
even if they felt like they needed documents from Mr. Manafort that he wasn't producing, they could have certainly exercised their raid at 10 o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the afternoon. There was absolutely no reason to kick open the door of the house in the middle of the night. Makes for greater headlines, right? Oh yeah, it makes for great headlines and it terrorizes the family. That's what they intended to do. They intended to terrorize the family and there's no excuse for that kind of behavior in this kind of case. We're not talking about a drug case. And so the thing is- you gotta find the drugs before they flush them. Right, I mean, I've never met uh, Manafort. I know very little about him. Everything that they're they're implying with this raid could be absolutely 100% true. I have no idea. But I just think that we need to be more aware of how headlines are just gobbled up. We just, we just ingest them and go, oh, clearly he's guilty. What do we really even know? <laughs> no, we, yeah. know we know nothing. Well, that's in the book. I, like everybody else, thought everybody at Enron was a scumbag. And it was only when I got into the actual evidence that came out at the trials and then the stuff that didn't come out at the trials that I saw the government had been grossly overreaching. And that's the specialty of the government in these high profile cases when you have prosecutors that are more interested in notching their belts with scalps than they are in seeking justice. And where does the person go? I mean, people say, well, this guy Manafort, he's got a big name, he's connected to some big people, so he probably has a ton of money and he can fight this, and if he's not guilty, he'll be fine. I have no idea how much of that is true, but what yeah, if- read the book. Read the if, book and you'll know how much of it's true. Right, and what if it's yeah. you? What if it's right. me? What if it's our next door neighbor, who's just, you know, Joe Citizen, who is living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, how are they supposed to come against and defend themselves against the United States government? I mean, yes. where are we to go? Yes, and imagine if they can do this kind of thing to people who have the resources, who have the connections, who have everything available to them to fight, imagine what they do to the regular person the average American who's out working two jobs, trying to take care of their kids and pay their bills and meet all their obligations. And then, you know, they tick off the wrong person and somebody goes after them. They're just, they're hopeless. Exactly. And I, I really wish I knew the answer to that. Like, where would we go if, if we're a David up against a Goliath like that? I, I have no answer for that. No, it's extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And like I said, no one can imagine the stress of it all unless you've actually been there. People write me every day who have read the book and, and thank me for having the courage to write it. Because like you said at the beginning, it's all true and it names names, very high-powered names. And, and I appreciate you saying that, the, the courage, because, I mean... When is your door going to get kicked in by the FBI because they just didn't like what you said about so-and-so? Uh, don't you don't you have a little bit... Is, is your life somewhat different than before the day that Lysi came out? Not really. As I, as I tell people, God did not give me a spirit of fear, and I have certainly lived a law-abiding and law-enforcing life. 
So they would really have to make it up and <laughs> and be very desperate to do something to, to do that. And we'd certainly know where to look for the reason since it's published and a number one bestseller in multiple categories. And Newt Gingrich and Senator Orrin Hatch are talking about it. I don't know if you saw that, but a couple of years ago at the judicial uh, confirmation of, of Loretta Lynch, Orrin Hatch held it up at the Judiciary Committee meeting. So, you know, people are paying attention and the more people read it, the more of a difference it's gonna make. Judges, federal judges have, re have read it and you can tell it makes a difference when they have read it too. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for being courageous enough to write a book like this. I thank you for taking the, the time to do through research and looking beyond the headlines and really telling us uh, the truth of, of the situations that you witnessed yourself and that you were able to bring to light. And so thank you again for writing your book. I hope that uh, people will take an interest in it. Um, it is Licensed to Lie by Sydney Powell. And uh, please let us know, Sydney, how can people uh, follow you uh, and find out more about your book and buy your book? Uh, they can buy the book on Amazon. Be sure to look for Sydney Powell PC as the seller. I've had some problems with Amazon and a third party uh, that I don't know how that third party is getting any of my books to sell because I'm the only authorized seller of new copies of License to Lie. And you can also get it at www.licensetolie.com. Follow me on Twitter at Sydney Powell One and friend me on Facebook like License to Lie on Facebook. I'm on virtually all forms of, of social media and I would welcome new friends and any inquiries about the book whatsoever. And I definitely need more Twitter followers to help spread the word. Absolutely. And, and people like you who are willing to speak up about this have made a huge difference too. I mean, we need to give you credit for doing what you do also. Well, you're welcome and thank you. And uh, just as you were talking, I was looking at the back cover. It says, when the guardians of justice become the perpetrators of injustice. Yes. Licensed to lie. So thank you again so much. We will definitely be checking back in with you as things unfold uh, further, because I think this whole Mueller situation, special counsel situation is going to be with us for a long time. It is, too. All right. Well, it's not good. It isn't. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Cheryl. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.